the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. <laughs> go get them. So here you go. Put your system in play. And I don't know why they wouldn't hire from with him, but that's good for Thad if he wants to get back into coaching. Good for him. I think Thad's always interviewed before. I felt like he, he interviewed before so he could continue to get paid by Ohio State because his settlement with Ohio State was you have to try to find other work. And I think maybe he got into the process and got excited about the process. He was real close to Georgia and then he backed out and then they hired Tom Crean, which of course proves that that's a better coach than Tom Crean. Georgia <laughs> would rather have that, which they're smart. Uh, Doesn't have that Indiana pedigree though. That does. Good. I'm he's glad. Butler, but not Indiana. Yeah, he's Butler. That's right. Candy I can stripe warm-ups. You I ready can, for him? No. He, there will not be candy stripe warm-ups at Wichita State. You know me, I'm never going to waste the opportunity to snark Tom Crean or Indiana or the Candy Stripe warm-ups. That's how we start a Friday edition of the Spiel and Hooli We Tackle Life podcast. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it very much. Spiels is uh, traveling to the Meadowlands where he will have Eagles and Giants on Sunday, and uh, we will not have Buckeye football on Saturday. It is the first cancellation for OSU. It happened uh, in the afternoon of Wednesday. So the Wednesday podcast was out. It's our first opportunity to discuss that with you. It is not a big deal at this point in time, but it could become a big deal if Ohio State either loses to Indiana next week, which is not going to happen, or or this could happen. Ohio State has two more games canceled by COVID. The Big Ten rule is that you cannot win the Big Ten championship if you don't play six games. Wisconsin's up against it. They've already missed two games heading into their Saturday night kickoff at Michigan. So the Buckeyes have some wiggle room, but not any more than one more game. What I don't understand is why we can't get Big Ten teams together who have had games canceled previously and fill in. Like, for instance, if Ohio State's off this week, there's no, of course, there's no other games in the Big Ten this week that are canceled. If there were, I wonder if the Big Ten would have the flexibility to match up, say, a Northwestern against Ohio State. Because you're going to have two teams. Let's say you have two games canceled. So Maryland can't play this week because they have COVID issues. It's not an Ohio State issue. So if you had another game that was canceled, why couldn't you take the team that was okay to play and the other team that was okay to play in the opposite matchup and play those two teams? I know it's not ideal. But if it would provide some wiggle room, some bulwark, some fortress against having fewer than six games on your schedule, uh, that to me would be workable. The SEC could be doing that right now. They have a bunch of games canceled in the SEC this week. LSU-Alabama, Missouri's game is canceled, Texas A&M's game is canceled. So uh, COVID's intruding, and if you're following Governor DeWine's press conferences, or even if you're not, it's pretty hard to stay away from it because it's a topic of conversation that's on the... uh, forefront of everybody's mind with the governor's announcement Wednesday that, hey, you guys better watch it if the test numbers continue to uh, reach the levels that they are, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 cases a day, I'm going to close down the bars, restaurants, and gyms. Uh, That'll be litigated. Uh, It will not go well. I had a a chance to chat with uh, John Barker of the Ohio Restaurant Association yesterday on my show at 98.9 The Answer. Uh, It's confusing for the restaurants because Monday, Governor DeWine brought out a bunch of doctors to talk about the severity of the spike in cases. And one of the doctors said, we're not seeing cases because of people going to restaurants. So imagine if you're a restaurant owner and you're told, hey, we're going to close you down. And you're like, wait a minute, one of your guys said it's not a big deal. So we can't get away from it. We had a respite from it for a month or two. 
But uh, I'm starting to really doubt the li- let me let me phrase this precisely if I could. I'm starting to doubt the likelihood of a college football playoff happening. I don't doubt the safety of a college football playoff because again, the numbers that we focus on are the positive test numbers. The number we don't focus on is the mortality rate among young people or even among, you know, middle-aged people or older people. I now know of four people who've had COVID in the last two weeks. All of them said it was a little inconvenient, but not the kind of thing that would have kept them from doing their normal routine if it didn't have this uh, all-encompassing cloak of fear around it. For instance, Urban Meyer uh, tells Channel 10 that he had COVID, that he tested positive, and that that's why Big Noon kickoff didn't happen last week. They put Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Rob Stone, and Urban on the shelf. They had their Fox NFL guys fill in. Urban said, you know, I had it, and, um, you know, he didn't say it's not a big deal, like, significance-wise, but in terms of his symptoms and how he felt, you know, if Urban was still coaching, would he have gone to the facility and coached? Yeah, he would have. Uh, that's the same as uh, a friend of mine in Cleveland who had it. He's already working remotely, so he didn't have to. He didn't have to miss work. Felt good enough to do work. He had sniffles. One another friend of mine had taste buds. Took a vacation for a week. I don't want to overload the podcast with COVID. It's just that it's a part of sports, and so we want to touch on it. Uh, Buckeyes in Maryland. Now you might be wondering what happens if you know. Would Ohio State at 5-0, and not eligible for the Big Ten title, be kept out of the college football playoff? I don't think so. It's hard to get definitive answers from anybody. But we do have, I mean, kind of, sort of, a definitive answer from the Big Ten on tiebreakers because we could have a team play six games. We could have a team play seven games. We could have a team be 5-0, and play five games. Nobody else in their division is undefeated, but the 5-0 and team, already we already know they're not eligible because of Big Ten rules here in the 2020 season. Um, so I'm going to give you a little detail on the tiebreakers, but I'm not even going to purport to claim that I understand them right now. The tiebreakers are based on number of losses rather than number of wins. So, for instance, you could have a team that's 7-0 and and a team that's 6-0, and and you'd think, well, the 7-0, and they played more games. Sorry for you, 6-0 and team. The 7-0 and team is going. That's not how they would do it. Uh, they would determine it based on the cumulative winning percentage. <laughs> Are you ready for this? The cumulative winning percentage of each team's non-divisional opponents. Non-divisional opponents. So all those teams in the East that Ohio State would play, irrelevant. It's what they did against the West. Now, right now, they're they're pretty good against the West. They're, they beat Nebraska. I can't remember who they played two weeks ago. I, I can't. I'm sorry. My mind fails me. Oh, Penn State. Penn State. Um, <clears throat> and now they're skipping. Uh, well, and they beat Rutgers. Rutgers is in their division. So right now they're 1-0. They're supposed to play Purdue later. So we'll see what happens with that. That's a, obviously. When you only play eight games or seven now for the Buckeyes, every game's big. You don't lose. You're going to be fine. So that's. The deal with Ohio State. I do think it's sad. I know Ryan Day's right. I know Ryan why Ryan Day says this. 
But he has said repeatedly that he tells his players, you have to look at everyone you meet as if they have COVID. He says that so that they'll be vigilant and he's worried, you know, we're not playing college kids at home on a weekend with students around campus and, you know, as many times as you tell them, don't go to parties, don't go here, don't go there. There's always a chance somebody could. I'm sure he's drilled it into their heads that it's not fair to your teammates to do that. I just, what a, what an unpleasant way. And again, I'm not blaming Ryan. He has to do it this way. I'm just saying in terms of our view of COVID and the fear we've infused into COVID, what a rotten way to, if you're a freshman, your first season on campus, you got to look at everybody as if they have COVID. Don't go anywhere. Don't have any fun. Don't go to any parties. Don't go to socialize with people you don't know. That's not the college experience. I understand it. I'm just saying it's just rotten. It's rotten. Um, Ryan's not living at home, I've been told. He's can't, he doesn't want to be around uh, anyone who could possibly infect him. Then he could pass it on. Just just awful. Uh, too bad for him. Too bad for his family. Too bad for his players. Too bad for the students on campus. I got friends who are students at Wittenberg. They're like locked up in their dorms like a prison. Uh, I would just tell my, my daughter's not old enough to go to college yet. If this were the case, her first year of college, I would strongly encourage her to just come home until this whole mess is over. Because... You're not getting what you pay for when you go to college right now. Life is long. Don't worry. You're not going to fall behind. Anyway, I don't know why I went down that road. Okay, here's the deal. On uh, the NFL, COVID, 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 right? Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, both this week on the COVID list. Baker is back, so he will play Sunday against the Houston Texans. And that's obviously good for the Browns. What they're really happy about in Cleveland is Nick Chubb is going to play. Nick Chubb is back after a scary knee injury. Browns have not been the same without Nick Chubb, although they are 5-3, and three, even though they lost that game to the Raiders two weeks ago. Browns off last week, as were the Bengals. So the view in Cleveland is they're going to get back to pounding Nick Chubb and that they now have Baker Mayfield eight games in the Kevin Stefanski system. They've figured out They think what Baker does well in the system, rollouts, things of that nature, and you may see him more under center than you do in the shotgun from now on. This is a pretty good test for the Browns. Not because the Texans have a great record. They've only won two games, and they've only beaten the Jaguars. Played the Jags twice, beat them twice. Otherwise, they don't have a win. But the Texans are explosive offensively. Deshaun Watson's a real deal. And his receivers, even without Nuke Hopkins, uh, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, real deal. Duke Johnson, you know, will want to play well against the Browns. The Texans can score. Browns defense not the greatest either. But the Texans defense is horrible. 30th in the NFL. It means there's only two teams worse. And uh, it really must stink to be a Texans fan and be looking at a season where you're going to get a really, 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 really high draft pick and go, oh, whoops, sorry about it. The Dolphins have our first round pick and and our second round pick. Whoo-wee. That's not good. That came in the Laramie Tunsil train. So there you go. Uh, but the Brownies uh, should win this game. Hopefully there'll be no grapple. No grapple in Cleveland this week, we hope. No rain, snow, sleet, dark of night mix. And uh, the Browns, but I say it's a good test because the Texans can score. The Browns should win the game. They're getting Nick Chubb back. 
Are you a mature team? Can you go out and take care of business and make happen what you should make happen? That's why I say it's a good test because the Texans will score on that Browns defense. And could they outscore the Browns? Yeah, they could. They could outscore the Browns. And there's like only a ginormous difference between being six and three and being five and four. Six and three, you're fine in the playoff race. Five and four, you're not in the playoffs at this juncture of the season. So uh, Brown's got to deliver. Will they come back maturely from the bye week? Mm, we'll see. Maturely and Browns is a statement, or two words rather, not often mentioned in the same sentence. But this is a new regime with Kevin Stefanski, and we'll see if he can keep them focused. As for the Bengals, they play the Steelers Sunday in Cincinnati. And we do not know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to practice, but the Steelers are proceeding as if Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. Big Ben, of course, in the league since 2004, does not need to practice to know what he's doing. He'd obviously like to practice. I give the Bengals a shot at uh, upsetting the Steelers. I really do. I give them a shot. I just got a feeling weird things can happen. Just weird, weird, weird things can happen. Uh, And Ben not practicing. Maybe he's not sharp. Maybe... Joe Burrow plays out of his mind. Maybe the Steelers don't take the Bengals seriously. But there's precedent, if you're a Browns fan, there's precedent for Ben not playing, not practicing rather, and playing, and playing well. 2015. Remember Ben's out with a foot injury. Oh, midfoot sprain, strain. Ben's not playing. Mason Rudolph's playing. And Mason Rudolph gets hurt in the first quarter. And here comes Ben limping off the bench. And he threw for only 379 yards and three touchdowns in a win over the Browns in 2015. Bengals now are kind of Browns-like. And uh, Bengal fans, do I need to ask you if you remember the playoff loss to the Steelers? Uh, No, I don't. But just to refresh those memories that do not remember it, Ben was knocked out of that game. No, he's done. We're going overtime. Bengals are going to win because Ben's out of the game. No, he's not. Back he comes, and he leads the Steelers down the field, and Vontez Burfick smokes Antonio Brown, and you know what happened later. The Steelers won that game. It's one of two Big Ben wins over the Bengals in the playoffs and has contributed to the Steelers winning 10 in a row, 10 in a row against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow... However, gives the Bengals a fighting chance. Joe Burrow was seven years old when Ben Roethlisberger played his rookie year in the National Football League. Seven years old. Seven. Okay, so there's your Bengals and Browns discussion, which leaves us uh, a good time to talk about health insurance and the upcoming deadline for you figuring out what you're going to do in 2021 health insurance-wise talked about COVID with Baker and with Ben and what are you going to do if you're struck by something in 2021 you're going to lean on what you already have maybe it's perfect for you maybe it isn't maybe your life situation has changed maybe your income has changed maybe you can afford a better plan maybe you can't afford the plan you have it's a nightmare to go online change it research it all that stuff so don't let somebody who really knows the business do it for you you know who I'm going to recommend Chrissy Steve Julie the team at auinfo.com now We're in the Zoom era, we're in the convenience era, and AUI is on the forefront of that. They can meet with you on Zoom, they can meet with you in person, they can meet with you by phone, 
I do very much appreciate those of you who have reached out to AUI. They've been very gratified by the response. They're a brokerage, okay? They know all the health insurance plans, all the copays, all the hospitals, all the doctors. They know all of it, and they can put you in the best plan possible. Now, your options may be limited if you are um, subjected to Obamacare, but you may think your options are limited if you are a person who makes their living as a painter, caterer, lawyer, doctor, um, event planner, whatever. You're in business for yourself, right? You're a businessman or woman. Well, you're also a businessman or woman. <laughs> Meaning you can be a group of one and you can have more health options. You didn't know that. AUI knows that. That's why you got to get with them. And it's free because they're paid by the carriers. AUIinfo.com. AUIinfo.com. Okay, Chris Holtman said something the other day that I thought, dovetailing back to what I said earlier about how rotten it must be to be a college football player now where you have to look at everybody like they have COVID and you can't go to any parties and you can't make friends outside the team and la, 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 la. Chris Holtman said something yesterday that I just thought was sad, sad for him, sad for his team. They've pulled out of the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic in South Dakota where they were going to play Memphis to start the season and where there were other really good teams, including Dayton. Wouldn't we all have been excited to watch Ohio State play Dayton? I sure would have. Chris said they're trying to replace those games, those three games. And he said, I'm scheduling, I'm building a schedule with 27 games, but I don't expect to play 27 games. Now, that takes a lot of rigmarole and hoop jumping to schedule a college basketball team's schedule. And it's just a reflection of the time that I think it's sad that he's appropriately, I would say, fatalistic about what's ahead for his team. I like the NCAA's decision this year to give college basketball players, I think winter sports athletes, a free year because it's going to be a disruptive year. So everybody's eligibility clock is stopped right now. C.J. Walker, senior, if he wants to come back next year, he can. Um, Michi Johnson, freshman from Garfield Heights, coming into Ohio State mid-December. Michi's going to get, essentially, a free freshman year. He's going to play. Now, could he go to the NBA? He could. I don't think he will. But could he play one year and go? Yeah. But could he play one year and then play another year and then three years from now, be considered a, fre- uh, a sophomore? Yeah, he could. So I like that allowance by the NCAA. I'm really looking forward to Ohio State basketball. Chris Holtman speaks of justice suing the transfer from Cal in very optimistic, tantalizing ways. I think Chris Holtman thinks he's got a star player in justice suing that he's going to unleash on the rest of the Big Ten and on Ohio State basketball fandom, and people are going to go, whoa, how does kid who averaged 10 points at Cal turn into such a good player? Well, he averaged 10 points at Cal as a freshman, and uh, Cal wasn't very good, so everybody's defensive attention was on Justice Suing. Now he's going to presumably have other good players around him, E.J. Liddell, C.J. Walker, Kyle Young, um, Dwayne Washington Jr., and I didn't mention Seth Towns because Seth Towns has not been cleared yet. He's about a month away, Holtman said. Uh, Musa Jallo, I think, could also help Ohio State this year. He missed all of last year with an injury. So I'm excited for Ohio State basketball. When am I not? But uh, the schedule, who knows? Who knows when they're going to play North Carolina, presumably December the 19th in Cleveland. 
And you say, well, that'll be fun for Michi Johnson. He's getting to Ohio State on December the 12th, and a week later he's playing against North Carolina. Mm, Not so fast, my friend. Why? Do I need to ask? No, I don't need to ask. You know why. COVID. Michi's going to have to quarantine when he gets to Ohio State so that they're sure he didn't bring any COVID strains with him from Cleveland that will infect the entire team. So I don't think he's going to be able to play in that December the 19th game. I'm not even sure he's going to be able to get on the court before January, which, um, again, just familiar theme today. It's a sad, sad thing, the way COVID intrudes on everything. Okay, so let's transition um, before we do into the faith portion of the podcast. A reminder that Willis Spangler Starling is the attorney firm of choice. If you want someone who can handle any issue that you have, he'll just be real with you. Say, yeah, you got a case here, or no, this isn't... uh, really something you need to worry about, or yes, your rights were infringed upon. The team at Willis Spangler Starling, they're adding to their expertise all the time with the different cases that they take. So I don't do a perfect job of telling you into which areas their expertise extends. I just know that all the biggies, workers' compensation, personal injury, wills and estate planning, contracts, are things that they handle every single day across the spectrum of their practice. They're located in Hilliard on Truman Boulevard. They have beautiful offices. When you go in, take note of their mission statement on the wall, what they stand for. It's powerful. It's really powerful. Every business would do well to stand for the things that Willis Spangler Starling insists upon in their practice. I know the history of the practice. I know how it was formed. I know the heart of the people. I just can't even recommend them highly enough. You won't ever have any concerns or worries about your rights being protected and about you being represented in an ethical way with extreme acumen and expertise if you partner with the great people at Willis Spangler Starling. They are online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, attorneys.com. Okay, now for the faith portion of the podcast. For some reason... I was drowsily waking up today, and I had on my mind a verse, a verse that I know I have read many times because, as you know, I start my day with um, a chapter in Proverbs that corresponds to the date of the month. So today, being the 13th of November, I was going to read Proverbs 13, and I woke up with this verse in my mind. The verse was, he who pursues... Love and faithfulness finds life, prosperity, and honor. Okay, so I know I've read that somewhere in Proverbs. And I thought, well, this might be a little cool God moment. That, Like today, while I'm reading Proverbs 13, I'm going to read that verse. Well, it wasn't in there. But there were other verses in there about the uh, power of the tongue and about the fruit of the tongue. In other words... What does the tongue yield? If you think of the tongue, your tongue, your speaking, your words, as the product of a fruit tree, what kind of fruit are you producing? So I'm sitting in my chair, and I'm praying, and I'm pondering. I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me with this verse that I I can recite, you know, numerous verses. I've never in my life had that verse laid on my heart before he who uh, pursues 
love and faithfulness finds life, prosperity, and honor. So I looked that verse up, and guess what? I misremembered it. I pulled an Andy Pettit. (laughs) The verse in the NIV Bible, which is what I have, reads, he who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. So that's Proverbs 21.21. So I'm trying to make sense of this. I'm like, okay, did I remember it? Maybe not the exact wording, but did I, do I remember it accurately? In other words, my version in my head that I woke up with, he who pursues love and faithfulness finds life, prosperity, and honor. The actual verse is he who pursues righteousness and love, so I transpose those two terms, finds life, prosperity, and honor. I remembered the back half right. Then I thought, okay, so my version in my head says faithfulness. The actual Bible says righteousness. Is that the same thing? Is righteousness, doing things right, doing the right things right, is that the same as faithfulness? Faithfulness I think of as serving. And when I think of faithfulness, I think of my marriage. I think of a marriage. I think of a business relationship. I think of a friendship. You would like to have your friends, business colleagues, partners, associates be faithful to you, not backstabbing you, not <clears throat> speaking ill of you. And then I was like, aha, there's that verse this morning about the tongue and the fruit of the tongue. So the two, I think, I think God was telling me are tied together. So I thought about my word, faithfulness. And I thought about God's holy word, righteousness. The verse, 21, Proverbs 21, 21, righteousness. And I thought about, am I faithful to my spouse, my beautiful, lovely wife, Sherry? Am I faithful to her with my words? Do I speak to her kindly? Do I speak of her kindly? So my encouragement to you today is to think of the people in your life and do an inventory of your words, maybe not just to other people. Are you like me? Do you ever get in a car and say things about someone or to someone or of someone that you would never say to them? I'm a venter, okay? So I get in a car and sometimes I'm frustrated and sometimes I'll let out what I didn't say because I know it's not appropriate to say what I wanted to say to them in face-to-face, but I just, like, got to spew it. Well, that's not right. That's not pursuing righteousness and certainly not pursuing uh, love. So, I, so I'm divorcing myself from life, prosperity, and honor when I do that. So I was convicted by that. I was also inspired by that. Why was I inspired by that? Because I was inspired to... Think about the entire verse, he who pursues, pursues righteousness and love, finds life, prosperity, and honor. And I thought about the word pursues, pursuing righteousness, pursuing love. And I thought back to my dating relationship with my wife. Now, she was um, a resident of the state of Arizona when I dated her. And we met online. We met on a Christian dating site. And, man, when I saw her picture, read her profile, got to know her, I pursued her. (laughs) I pursued her with um, prayer. 
I pursued her with visits. I pursued her with gifts. I pursued her with emails and phone calls. And I pursued her because I knew I had a winner. God had put a winner in my life, a very godly woman who I knew I could make an awesome life with and who would help me grow as a person, as a Christian, as a disciple, as a husband. And she has. And I thought about that level of pursuit. And then I thought about the question, do you still pursue her? Do you, with your pursuit of her now, let her know how much she still means to you, how important she is to you, how vital, essential she is to you? Does she feel that from your pursuit? And I was convicted by that because we've been married almost 20 years. I've never cheated on her. I've never thought about cheating on her. I've never, you know, but again, it's one thing to just be be faithful in deed, you know, in deeds. It's another to be faithful in your mind. It's another to continue to pursue your spouse, love them, cherish them, honor them, treasure them. And I want to commit myself to that going forward. I want to commit myself to that because I want to do what God wants me to do, and that's what I'm called to do as a husband, but it's what I'm called to do in my friendships and in my associations to pursue righteousness, doing the right things right all the time, and love because I I want to find life, prosperity, and honor, but that's not why I do the first part. I do it because that's what God asked me to do, tells me to do, wants me to do. It's how I glorify him. So I just hope that inspires you a bit today to think of your spouse, to think of people uh, you're in relationship with, to think of people that you um, have known a long time, have served with, may work with, to honor them with the fruit of your words, the fruit of your attitude, with your actions, with all the things that you do. So uh, that's my message to you today. And uh, I hope it's strengthening to you. I hope it's uh, uplifting to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and the uh, investment you make to listen to the podcast and all that. I want to stress, I'm, I'm no better than anyone. I hope I'm not worse than others. Living a faithful life is a daily exercise, <laughs> Okay. May not be able to go to the gyms if the governor says you can't, but we can certainly exercise our faith by practicing it every day, by holding ourselves accountable on whether we are pursuing love and righteousness. I hope we are. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. I also hope you'll take advantage of the rockin' deal on Hemisphere Coffee, where the confluence of the Spielman and Hooley podcast and my show on 98.9 The Answer offer you the opportunity to get your Hemisphere Coffee at half price. Go to 989theanswer.com, click on the More button, then click on Shopping. You'll find half price offers uh, for a variety of businesses, but as it concerns Hemisphere, 
you pay $15 for a $30 gift card to Hemisphere, and then you can get, I think that'll do two pounds of roast coffee uh, or bean or K-cups or whatever. You'll get a good amount for 30 bucks, and you only pay 15 uh, They are going fast, however. I have one podcast listener who bought 10 gift cards the other day. Now, you can use only one at a time, but again, you can order. There's no expiration date on them. So that's the deal. Uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, uh, if you do not want to go to uh, 989 The Answer and navigate the menu and buy it, $30 gift card for 15 bucks. you can always get 15% off at Hemisphere when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. They're great people. Um, and appreciate Hemisphere. Hemisphere's uh, owners are great people. So are Willis Spangler Starlings. So are AUI. One great thing about being in business a long time and the broadcasting is you get to meet people who uh, you like a lot and whose mission you share. And I'm only going to partner with those kinds of people on my radio show or here. And obviously Chris is that kind of a person. Uh, he will be back on Monday and uh, we will be back with another edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. We'll draw our four COVID relief names then. 